fantasy magic. Hey everybody, this is Jeff again. Welcome to episode two of our three-episode debut for The Assembler. This episode has a lively discussion uh, about what uh, the role of fan fiction is in uh, the world of uh, creative works at large, as well as a very, very focused uh, discussion where we try to pin down the definition of what is art. Are we successful? Who lives? Who dies? Find out in part two. Ding, ding. Well... Okay, welcome back. We are in round two uh, of the Assembler, where the question was posed before the break: um, What's something you'd like to see more of? What is wrong with art? And or have you seen the George Lucas interview that happened in December 2015? And do you have any responses to it? Would anybody like to uh, to take the lead on that? <laughs> Everybody looked at me just now. Um, I was very upset. Uh, Throughout the 55-minute interview, I subjected myself and others in the room to um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, some of them were as petty as word choice, but some of the some of that I felt was a little racist. Um, but also just the just the blatant hypocrisy of a lot of things he was saying. On the one hand, he would talk about how the movie industry. Um, is very commercial and all it cares about is making a happy buck and that's all there is to it. There's no, uh, there's all this risk aversion. Um, you can't get a movie made unless you're it's assured that it's going to make a gazillion dollars. And then on the other hand, it's this guy who has made a gazillion dollars because he is business savvy and because he has played that system and because he made the prequel films that capitalized so much on all that. Um, it, it upset me a lot because this guy, a long time ago, not to not to make a joke about it, but a long time ago, does seem to have been a guy who was doing it for art's sake, and he mm-hmm. became this guy who was apparently just making a lot of decisions based on what toys can I make to sell. Um, what's going to go over best with this demographic, um, et cetera, et cetera, and not based on artistic reasons. Um, and that he was kind of poo-pooing the very capitalist nature of uh, the movie-making industry when he's kind of the prototype for a lot of it because everybody now wants to be George Lucas. I want to be George Lucas in that when I put things out, I want to retain as much control over the IP and as many percentage points as I can. On, I like to say you're getting a golem stance as you <laughs> as you're doing um, on on what's sold on the merchandising and the marketing and all that stuff that he's known for. One of the yeah. things he's known for, and um, which immediately brings a question to my mind: Is that possible anymore? But I think he probably thing. suckered the movie industry once, and they won't fall for it again. Because yeah, because it, it's kind yeah. of like what. Like what happened with um, with with iTunes, and now that Apple has such an iron fist over the music industry in a lot of ways, that the the movie industry was like, eh, 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 eh. you know, you're not gonna. You can kind of say the same thing about Amazon, especially with publishing. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at like the original trilogy for George Lucas, so much of that is aping 
sort of old, uh, you know, the old school sort of movie serials. And that's what he describes mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. both Indiana Jones as. And if you look at them, that's exactly what they are. They were an updated for that time sort of version of this very serialized melodramas that were, you know, being cranked out in the 40s and 50s. He mentioned and, Flash Gordon yeah. specifically. And so it has w- been quoted as saying Flash Gordon is the Bible. Right. And years so ago. He obviously that was a passion for him and so that passion translated to this this work he was creating this thing that he wanted people to see, uh, art and people enjoyed it because his passion was showing through what that product was. And then flash forward to the prequels and he, I don't know, it's, I, I, I don't think you can draw as direct a line to things that he talked about uh, or things that he was representing in his earlier work, I don't think w- was really reflected in the prequel movies. And he was headed off in a different direction. And maybe he wasn't 100% committed to whatever those ideas that were in there. Maybe he was, um, I don't know, maybe he was doing something for its own sake and... And people reacted badly to it. The, the, the weird thing is, he still made billions of dollars off of those three movies. And so I think maybe he's just incredibly bittered, embittered now because he's, it's like he can't win, right? <laughs> right. He, he can't win in this system. He could continue to probably, and it's true, even if he didn't sell off to Disney, he probably could have made another three movies, and they probably would have made him billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So you know? is that what's wrong with... It's really great. <laughs> um, so Thank if you there's... for that pre-credit opener. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's... <laughs> Scott's really upset because he thought he was going to get it in the bed. <laughs> um, there's room for everybody. <laughs> But I think if there's a calling for that and you are inspired to do it, then sure, why not? But I would also say, like, what do you think is missing in the fan? Like, if besides it just being like two characters are exploring how they it could have gone, what do you want to see um, in a story that hasn't been told yet, right? What are characters that were maybe um, sort of given like female characters that were sort of like whitewashed or, or generalized or, or stereotypical, you know what I mean? And how can you make it more specific? How can you make them um, more powerful and more interesting and not just, you know, the norm surprise me, you know, make me um, be like, Oh, I know where this story is going. No, but surprise me as the reader, like make me think beyond my comfort zone. That's what I would want to see fan fiction or not just in, in general, I don't want to have to guess the ending before, you know, it happens. I think you also may need to, it may need to be said that when you're talking about fan art, what you don't mean is crap. Sure I do. Sure I do. Because, yeah, because, sure I do. because yeah, cause I do. that's still, that's, you're having, you're still, you're having a response to that. Yeah. Right? You're, you, it may not match up with your aesthetic. I don't know. Well, I mean, is, is it your Assumption by using this word that every piece of fan art is crap. No. Okay. Because there's a lot of original ideas out there that are very bad. Okay. Here's where I come down on fan art. Fan fiction, all of it. Here's where I come down on it. I think that what it actually is at its core is just a thank you letter. I think it's just saying 
thank you for creating this thing that I love. So I love this thing so much that it's the first thing I think of when I when I scribble something on a notepad. Like I would have that for, with X Men or something forever. Like I'd always draw a little Wolverine, a little Cyclops or something, you know. Or uh, I I love. Thank you so much for this thing that you created that I love so much that I'm gonna make a cosplay out of it, you know. And and it can evolve into oh I. While saying thank you, I learned how to draw really well. I learned how to write, and now I'm telling a version of your story because I, I I am with this community, or I'm telling my own thing, or I'm doing my own thing. But ultimately, I think it comes out of a root of thank you and love for a thing, which is why I think it makes that interview that you saw with Lucas so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and I think in in its truest form or purest form, I guess fan fiction in some ways can encapture the heart of whatever that product or that universe or that world is because it's not being marketed or mm-hmm. tested in any way. It's not being filtered. It's just somebody saying, "I'm I'm taking this in and mixing it up, you know, writing something new, drawing a new picture, whatever, and putting it back out there. And here's kind of how it resonates with me. Yeah, and then see if it resonates with you. Yeah, and, um, and you don't know what your effect, what effect you had on someone else. You don't know what the thing you created means to someone else until you have seen someone reinterpret it. Right. There's um there's an interesting an interesting story I read uh, yesterday that fits in with this with the fanfic you were talking about. Um, there is a uh, Star Trek um, fan film called Axanar um, yes. that is yeah right and that's right. been in uh, you know production for over a year and it was uh, started as a fan film. They did I think like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe and raised a bunch of money, bunch of money. and and again everyone has been volunteering time. It's all people that work in the industry that love Star Trek and want to, you know, uh, do this labor of love. And it was on track and on track. And all of a sudden CBS uh, is now suing them for copyright infringement, even though the people that have been producing and working on it have been working hand in hand with CBS and Paramount and everybody that owns the Star Trek properties. But now CBS is starting to develop their own thing. And it sounds like they're trying to shut them down. But going back to that idea of fan fiction, representing i think maybe the best in the fan base and the fan population the producers of it even said in a way all of us deciding to come together and maybe volunteer time or you know take a pay cut for what they might do for a a similar job in the movie industry it's like we are representing the best of what we think the world of star trek is which is this democratic process and this democratic coming together of all these disparate people to create this thing and and then the man comes in and wants to shut it down. Which is interesting because if it weren't for the fans, the movie never would, the first exactly. movie would never have made it. Sure, yeah. To, to kind of connect back to what we talked about in part one just a little bit, keep in mind that one of the biggest selling novel series, whatever you might think of it quality-wise, lately, um, Fifty Shades of Grey, began life as a fan. Twilight fan fiction. <laughs> what does that say about this? Well, I always think like how... It doesn't matter how you feel about the books, because I have some very strong opinions about Fifty Shades of Grey, but that's not relevant. I always think about something when I was at um, physical theater school, uh, was that they talked us, uh, they taught us to, uh, whenever you create something, um, to inspire and to be inspired. And that is something that has always, that really resonated in me is that, yes, I would love to inspire or create a response, but I also want to be inspired by the work that I'm doing, by the people I'm working with, um, that I surprise myself, that, you know, that I, I open myself up to whatever possibilities. And I think that 
you know, the fan fiction is, is just that. You are inspired by something, and so you want to write something that inspires someone else. And um, whether it's good or bad or makes people think, mm, I think it's good. I think it's, it gets ideas circulating, and I, I don't know, fan fiction or not fan fiction. That is the question. Aaron might have an opinion. Um, I, I start this by saying that I don't think of myself as an artist, and I think of myself as a craftsperson. In, in all of my work. And I may have incidentally created art in my time, but it was, it was with intention, but not as an artist. It was, it was to create. Um, I'm on board with that philosophy. That's part of the reason the show is called The Assembler. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have, and I also have a, which will circle into it, an answer to the question, what would I like to see more of? And that is... Uh, I'm really interested in seeing more uh, original properties. And I know that there's nothing truly new in, in, in the, you, you create something from something and it reflects this thing and it's, there's only so many stories in the world and it's just what window dressings you put on them. But I think as a craftsperson, I think fan fiction, as you brought up, is, is, a, is a, a wedding stone. It's, it's, it's a way to really hone your craft without having to come up with the, the property ideas of I need to think of a spaceship to, 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 to draw, to practice drawing, to practice as a model building. Um, okay, well, there is one here, and I can draw this one, and I can craft this one, and I can take it and use it as, as a Lego brick in my own creation. Um, but I think there is also something to... I think everybody should be creating all the time, either fan fiction or uh, whatever else. And this goes into Sarah's talk about uh, a surgeon's craft being being artistically produced, a groundskeeper, an accountant has a a intent to do the best work they can do, takes it from a functional level to something more, and is that art, is that craft? But... um. I don't necessarily, even if the fan fiction property is inherently, definitively, objectively superior to the original property, I'm much more interested in what's in the new guy's head than what the new guy, gal, person, computer can create from the old guy's head. And I'm just curious, even if you just change the window dressing... What changes when you take the ideas of of fan art creation and and uh, and apply your own dressings to it as as a as a creation? But I don't think people should not do fan art. I think people should do and create what they want to create and what they want to see and what they want to try and experiment with. And uh, but I'm I'm much more interested what what the the next i want i want to see step a and step b and not step a.5 it seems to come back to the first principle of what is the thing that only you can do if i can speak to that just for a second i know i'm i'm talking about this a lot um, this was like i kind of baited you to make this you did. Make your topic um, <laughs> that's the point <laughs> i think first off i just i was given the opportunity not too long ago to go speak to some high school kids as kind of a career day thing and one of the things I tell them about the creative side of, of the writing that I do is I do not care if you read comic books, if you read Twilight, 
if you read War and Peace, if you watch good TV, bad TV, movies, if you write fan fiction, if you are if you're the next James Joyce, if you're doing something every day, if you're or as often as you can, because we're all super busy, but as often as you can to practice. If you're taking in and watching how people craft a story, whether that's on film or in words or on on uh, a canvas, um, however, that's what's important. That's what hones your skills because you can look at a story on Agents of Shield and see how that's put together with the narrative and the characters and all this stuff, and then you can apply that that to what you're doing, and that's what's important to keep sharp. As someone who has, I I don't care, I've written a lot of fan fiction. I can I can speak to what Aaron just said. And when you take those ideas and say, okay, how am I going to make these ideas that I had for these characters in fan fiction my own? You can't. Not really. It's not been my experience that that goes real well. But not not that it goes poorly. But that you can't take Captain America. And if I'm writing a Captain America fan fiction in the Marvel Universe, I can't take Captain America and put Captain America in my own universe and say, what would Steve Rogers do? Because at that point, he's in a different environment. He's a different person. He's a different character. Yes. And it's it's new. It, it's, it's the same basic idea. I've got this this good guy patriot who always tries to do the right thing and he loves his country. and he, That's still the same. But after a while, it stops being Steve Rogers. Yes. And yeah. becomes somebody else who just happens to bear a passing resemblance to Steve Rogers. Yes. You can't. <laughs> but I, I think mean, you've, I think you've made your own, I think you've circled into your own argument. I'm just, I'm agreeing kind of yeah. with, with Aaron. You, you can't do it. Uh, after a while, it, it just becomes. <laughs> good. <laughs> right. If you're doing it right. Because, oh, but, but, oh, but you I understand now. Yeah. I understand now. Okay. Okay. I can I mean, I can't take Wolverine and say, "Well, I'm going to put Wolverine over here," and, and just change the name and 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 that sort of thing. And and wait, no, maybe I don't understand. Okay. Let me let me make sure that I. Okay. okay. Are you saying mm-hmm. that you cannot start from fan fiction and then end with a? new creation in the world with original characters. Yes, you can, but you, okay. you're not in the same place you were at the beginning. It, it's, but that's, it's, the, that's, the, that's just, but that's just the journey. That's just the thing. I mean, that's, that's how you get from, that just sounds like how everything is. But created. it's not, it, it, it eventually, at least for me, I'm not, I don't want to generalize about this for everybody. At least for me, it, it wasn't just, I'm going to take these characters and strip off and file off the serial numbers so that I won't get sued because I want to tell a story with these characters. Um, I want to tell a story with these characters uh, for whatever reason. Um, I've still got the basics of a lot of those characters that uh, I messed around with in fan fiction in these new characters, but they're not the same people. They can't be. But those are who I'm interested in reading about. Right. If I'm reading a, a Scott right. Smith story, right. I want to see... If you if you take this down to its atomic structure and reapply the Scott Smith universe, what right. what those crystals generate into, I don't have as as a as an audience member. Right, right. I don't have an interest in necessarily, and this is hearing what 
you have to say about Captain America. As a story you want to tell me about Captain America. Mm -hmm. I have an interest of what you want to tell me about a patriotic guy who always wants to do the right thing. Okay. What if I were writing Captain America? Like the, the I was about, I was about to, I was that, about to go there. That was I, that little glitch in my. As I was, saying, I'm, I'm with you I on that too. That major intellectual properties are many writers, multiple incarnations, mm-hmm. and. But I think maybe what you're saying is you're interested as I as I am in primary work over derivative work. If you become the writer of Captain America, then you are contributing to the primary work. And that's a big win on a lot of levels. That's a big win creatively because, you know, there's a new piece of primary work in, in the in the world that is from that character. And that's a big win socially because, hey, our friend Scott's writing Captain America. That's amazing. And 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 that's a big uh, that's a big uh, win uh, as far as like you got cred. And why suddenly. does it matter that you have the branding approval to do that? I don't know. It does to me, though, as as an audience member. It's OK. I mean, it doesn't to me, but it's OK. We don't have to like the same things. I think exactly. that's okay. Um, but I find that I would be more interested in... I, I don't follow the long-term arcs. I sort of mm-hmm. follow what the characters mm-hmm. have done sort of as the long-term, but I'm much more interested in a, a, a new thing or a new thing to me than hearing, you know, the 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 the, the three Spider-Man origin movies that have come out over the last... yeah. However long it's been, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to. And those hear are that all primary works, and everyone's anymore. over it. <laughs> and I uh, don't want to hear. Um, you know, I, I want to see. I, I could even be like, okay, I've seen Spider Man. Great. What's the next what's, yeah. thing? What's the next guy? Mm-hmm. Rather than what's the next Spider Man story? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I don't have necessarily, and that's not true for all characters. It's true there are some book series I read that as soon as the new one comes out, I'm, I'm rapidly pouring over it and there's comic book moments like that. But looking at it as, but that to me is, is in the commercial venue. That's this, the next chunk of this thing. Um, as opposed to, if we're talking about, uh, is, is the latest, uh, Spider-Man story still an artistic creation? Um, it seems like there's a separation for you of um, the stuff that counts, quote unquote, like the, the stuff that is, you know, primary stuff. This this exists. This is something I have to keep up with so that if I want to know what's actually going on with the character versus um, the thing that you doesn't really get your attention as an audience member, but does get Scott's attention as an audience member is I want to see someone's craftsmanship. I, I, I am all for canon. I think canon is is important and sticking to a, a canon is is important for a character or a franchise or whatever yeah but also if it's a character that i love i just want to see a good story about that character and sure. who, it, who it comes from is a little less important that does however make me sound like i approve of people ripping off other people's intellectual property um which makes i, I sound didn't like get terrible, that impression okay because the conversation's framed in such a way that we're specifically talking about Fan fiction, so I, I didn't. I, I don't get that impression. Nor did at all. I want to draw a very specific line between this is art and this is commercial. There are so many blurry overlaps oh, sure, that sure, it's sure. not a- right. So I want to pose the question: since we're talking about art and what is art, is something further that that people in the creative world struggle with? How do you define success or successful oh, art? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> right? Is is it based on money or is it based on um, 
you know, you could make your life's work and no one see it. So, like, how do you define success? I, I, well, and that's different in, than maybe metrics. And, and, and I think that might be a longer conversation for another show, but I, I'm interested in everyone's opinion. For me, it's really simple. Success for me is you get up in the morning and every day you uh, do exactly what interests you without fear of what's about to eat you. <laughs> that's, that's pretty simple for me. You're talking about success? Yeah. 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 I think for me, uh, it's just, uh, I think being happy or satisfied, like I, I think I understood a couple of years ago that my definition of what success is is very different from maybe mainline or streamline. Certainly financial security is a part of that, but you, I think you understand and accept what amount of money you need to survive, you know, and, oh, okay. So I just am a bit more frugal. I don't eat out every night or whatever, buy fancy things, you know. My mom will fix that and buy me a countertop convection oven that I don't need. So. <laughs> it's an amazing gift. Gigantic. But also, too, as I mean, here we are sitting talking about Marvel movies and Marvel comics and, and things that have, you know, initially started in some guy's apartment that have now, you know, <laughs> blossomed into billion-dollar industries, and, and we're using them as our examples of in talking about fan art. So our, Because we're, saying we're calling them successful, aren't we? Right, and so are we calling it successful art if you can make a crap ton of money, or... Because it created a response that also, like, so that's, that's for me, I'm trying to... Yeah. Don't you have to have a certain um, just sheer quantity of fans to have any appreciable fan art sphere? I mean... Otherwise, it's just your friend drawing you a picture, right? Of, yeah, of your work. <laughs> and, and that's, again, just as valid and just as, as participatory. But to, to get to the level that we're calling it fan art... There, it almost has to be one of the sort of major properties. Well, and it used to be that fan implied that you do not have a personal relationship with this, with the creator. But the the circles are getting so much smaller that that's really hard for that to be true still. But beyond fan fiction and whatever is, if you know, we're talking about, you know, art. Is it successful because people follow it and recognize it and make money off of it, or is it? Six, like you know what I mean. Like we're talking about, I don't know. Just trying to like but pinpoint. No, I think I think the discussion of fans, fan fictions, fanatic. I think is a completely separate in its own <laughs> sphere from what is art. Because again, we were talking about just now. If somebody draws a picture of you and gives it to you, you were a creator. You made this thing. You had an intended audience. There was an intention behind it. Whether it was to cheer them up, tell them how much you love them, just tell them how awesome they were. I, I, for me, then it, that's still art. And I would rather live in a world where that is art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also happen to get to live in a world where a big blockbuster movie could be called art. Yeah, apparently. I agree. Because people no, work I very agree. hard on those. And and that's what fascinates me. That's why I'm trying to find people and be like, and, and like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because, uh, you know, we don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. There's, there's lots of interesting ideas. It just has to get and a reaction. Whether I, you love it or hate it, you're still reacting to whatever that product is that somebody put out there. It's, it's also strange just to hop back for just a second. Um, one of the things that submission deadline is actually coming up, and I need to get on this if I'm going to be involved. There's actually a call for submissions for fan fiction to publish a, an, an anthology of Star Trek fiction that's all fan fiction. They want fans to write it and submit it and all this. And apparently it's not the first one of its kind. I, I think I stumbled upon a couple anthologies of some where it was all just like little short stories and mm-hmm. they it, it pulled characters from any uh, uh, era 
mm-hmm. of of as well as some of the the ones that only exist in novelizations. And there were some interesting. I remember flipping through some at a bookstore or something a couple of years ago. I wonder but, if it's the same series or. I think it, I think it may be. Yeah. And then this is being done by the the you know CBS Paramount approved publisher who owns the rights to make Star Trek novels and all this. They're they're doing it. They might also be it might be a, a soft sell of pitching some ideas that they'll buy off the people and then turn into the new series. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. It's like when you did the Periscope thing and you saw that someone was, there was a TV exec on Periscope yeah. who was just taking your ideas yep. and not letting you sign any forms on them. Right. All the way to the bank and people and, and think that they're the way, getting a good deal. You know, who wouldn't, if well. CBS Paramount came to you and said, we'd like to use your short story to make a new JJ Abrams yeah. Star Trek. Movie. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Whatever. That sounds care. great. Well, I think I think that'll wrap up round two for us for now. Um, we're going to take a, a short little break, and then we'll do um, a, a shorter round three, I think. Um, but what I'd like to think about between now uh, and round three um, is pretty simply, uh, uh, what do you want to see some more of? Or uh, what I really, really want to know, if you don't have a question, what do you want to see more of? Or an answer to that. Uh, what I really want to know is, what are you into right now? that I, I have not heard of or that people, or if I have heard of it, you really want people to have heard of it. What are you into right now that's really just getting you getting you going? And that's all I want to say. So uh, take a short break and we'll come back for round three and we'll close this puppy up. All right, a lively discussion of uh, fan fiction and what makes art. Uh, and that was round two of the pilot for The Assembler. We've got one more episode left in our three-part debut. Um, so stick around, that'll come next week. Uh, so see you then. 